0: Hi hey everyone, and a massive welcome to the next episode here on InfoSec Live of the CISO experience. For those that don't know me, my name's Simon Linstead. I'm the host and founder of the InfoSec Live community, and I'm very excited to be talking with another of our industry's leaders today. This time, it's Karim Jasani to share his journey and talk about the challenges in our industry and, of course, those important successes, too. But before we begin, if you're watching this live, please, please do like and subscribe. We do try and make these events as interactive as possible. So make sure you also drop any questions you might have in the chat. And for those that don't know who we are, who the Infosec Live community are, we're a social network of approaching 4,000 cyber professionals, all sharing best ideas and practice hosted on an independent community platform. And we've now been creating content on YouTube for just under a year. I'm very excited to announce that we have over 2250 subscribers 5,000 hours of content viewed in the last three months alone so a massive thank you to everyone in our amazing community this achievement also unlocks a few extra features on youtube you may have noticed them you've got different ways to support the the youtube infosec live community now you've got the ability to purchase a super sticker in the chat if you want to get your question bumped up to the top and there's also three tiers of membership allowing you to show your support in any way that you can but Whether you join or not, being here and engaging with our content is what really matters. That's what the show's all about. Big thank you to our show sponsor, Brandfit, for supporting the last two series of the CISO experience. Link to discover more about them and their technical consultancy services is in the video description below. However, if you're interested in sponsoring this show or indeed any of our regular content here on YouTube, please reach out to me today within the InfoSec Live community. The link to join that is also on our YouTube homepage. Get my breath back. Today's guest then is Kareem Jassani. Let's tell you a bit about Kareem before we bring him on. So he's the CISO for Kainos in the North America region, leading the Kainos data team in Canada and the United States. He's passionate about helping organizations achieve their data governance and cloud goals and has over two decades of experience throughout the entire systems development lifecycle, covering data management, information architecture, project and program management, software engineering and development. And with extensive experience with various big data management on-premise and cloud technologies for data engineering, data virtualization, metadata management, master data management, data quality and analytics such as Snowflake, Teradata, Calibra, Informatica, Informatica, Tableau leveraging cloud platform, Microsoft Azure and AWS. And over his 25 year career, Kareem has held leadership roles in numerous data management assignments in private companies, as well as in government agencies. These consulting assignments have provided opportunities to observe examples of effective data governance, as well as situations where effective data governance has seemed a little bit of an elusive goal. So very, very excited for this. Without further rambling from me, let me find the Stinger video and bring Kareem on. Hey Kareem. Hey Stephen, how are you doing? You can't call me Stephen. You can't get my name wrong. Simon,
1: on the <laughs> Simon, Simon. I see Stephen, private chat, and I'm like, oh I'm a,
0: no. I'm only kidding. Already you. somebody You can is. call me what you want. It's fine. Uh, Simon, how are you doing? I'm, I'm good, actually. I'm very good and very appreciative. I know you're having a super busy couple of weeks, so very appreciative for you to come on and share your journey and insights with the audience today. Um, before we get into that, quick shout out to... The massive amounts of people in the chat again. Um, Hey, Chris Fulan from Breaking into Cybersecurity. Rene from Texas. Been a long time, my friend. Great to see you. Stefano. Who else have we got? Ephraim, Precious, I've seen in there. Just want to give you all a special shout out. Salunio. Yuri. Thank you. Thank you for making these so interactive and engaging. And you'll be pleased to know I'm now going to be quiet and let Kareem tell you a little bit more about himself other than my breathless intro i did for him a couple of minutes ago so kareem over to you please tell our audience a bit about yourself
1: sure simon um i have approximately 25 to 30 years of experience started off with the mainframe so i'm aging myself quite considerably i'm with you right i know started (laughs) off with financial institutions then do consulting strictly in the data realm of how to basically manage or move data from source to target systems The most difficult word data migration has just, you know, upped my juices quite considerably. How to do it, but more important lately, how to do it effectively, right? Because in this day and age, I've come to realize data is now the new oil. It's an asset, Yeah. right? And organizations, Simon, want to view a 360 view of the customer. They want to understand how to leverage that data, right? As an example, I I deal with a bank. I've dealt with them for 40 years, right? Wouldn't it be cool if they knew when I was in junior high, I had my first bank account. They have all my information. At 18, they send me a note to say, okay, you're 18. You're eligible for a car loan if they have that 360 view of a customer, right? Rather than me going in, it's so painful, right? To a bank, fill out all the forms, this, that. It's just nonsensical. Now, from the other side of the aspect, if they make the customer journey, journey more seeming less, but yeah. ensuring that they know and I know that their data is protected 100%, we're laughing, right? I,
0: I completely agree. And I think, I think a lot of the problems historically, I mean, for me, <clears throat> definitely, was more around the fact that a lot of people didn't have any idea of what was going on with their data for a long time. And I think... I mean that that in itself whilst you know the seamlessness of that I think is amazing I'm also a little bit hesitant on giving up so much of my own personal information but that is just a Simon foible perhaps.
1: No I think it's a 100% what's even in Canada right now I was reading a statistic very important one And they said that 89% of the Canadian population will never deal with an organization that has had a breach. So from that perspective, yes, right? Banks or financial institutions in Canada, from my experience, have been very reluctant to move their data out of systems that are not secure. Yeah. Right? Because you have to take into regulatory consideration, right? Like an example is right now, I'm dealing with an insurance agent, right? It's an insurance company. And that insurance company has multiple sources of data and they want to have a data platform. So they came and said, okay, how are we going to do this with all this mainframe data? Our resources are going to be not available, right? Because lack of resources, because who knows COBOL at this day and age with IMS yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. So they said, okay, what are we going to do? So coming in, doing that current state, Simon and making them understand this is what your data is and this is how to securely put it on to a recognized platform is key, yep. right? Ensuring that it's zero trust model, right? Leveraging an enterprise model and making sure that it's a tried and tested model, right? Why invent the real, Yeah. right? That's my biggest thing is that I see organizations consistently coming up to me. An example is we were chatting and I mentioned to hospitality industry, right? And worldwide, Simon, and they came and said, okay, we need an audit because we're messed up. I don't know what had happened. We have data in the cloud. What do we do? I go in looking at the current state, understanding that they had a defined system, Simon, Okay, completely defined, properly done, BI reporting, but it was on-prem. So a system integrator told them, we'll put it on the cloud for you for $8 million. They were like, 100%, we'll put it on, we'll save so much money. Little do they know with no governance, see, you're <laughs> laughing because what happens? If you just lift and shift? but if you do it on Azure or whatever the case may be, and you rewrite all your processes in scripts on Azure, yeah one call script five call script seven call script 10 what happens right it's utter mess it will work the first week maybe the first month if you're lucky but upstream downstream effects of it simon are incredible
0: i suppose you end up lifting and shifting your problems alongside it do you?
1: worse because yeah. now they can't go backwards no reporting is available right regulatory concerns are issue Right? So basically, they wake up in the morning at 6 o'clock running around with their heads cut off, chickens with their heads, because they don't know what to do. They take one day to try to analyze the problem and fix it. And nobody, everybody's scared to touch the code. You can't do that, right? It just doesn't work.
0: It doesn't. That analogy, though, Kareem, it reminds me of um, I've got six children, as you know, and running around like a headless chicken is like my house in the morning at school <laughs> run time. <laughs> That's too
1: funny. I know. Right? but having a plan Where's my bag? Attack, Where's my bag? <laughs> but having a plan of attack is key simon yeah. right right simple Absolutely. a simple example right is that uh, just off the top of my head I'm going on vacation okay uh, next month climbing a mountain okay nice. Mount Kilimanjaro don't even ask why it's like that my daughter said let's climb something I said we're not it's climbing. lovely
0: it's a lovely idea.
1: I know, but we're not, if you're a climber, that's a different question, but Simon, we're not climbers, right? So if you, have you, got if a plan? you ever want to know, yes, that's the thing, right? Me and my wife both devised a plan to say, what do we need, right? To ensure success. Yeah. What are the prerequisites? Do a current state analysis of what we have right now, right? Now, if you come to our living room, it looks like we're climbing Everest,
0: you got carabiners and harnesses.
1: I'm telling you, right? (laughs) The backpacks, the boots. (laughs) Just to make sure that the nine-day expedition is seamless, right? To make sure we understand what the weather is like, uh, train for that, but also account for that, right? Understand what to do in terms of availability. You know what's going to happen, right? You've seen YouTube videos. It's, It's not as if you're going into a situation where nobody has done it. This is countless people have done it, right? You learn from that. In the same way, that's how I approach data, right? In projects to say, okay, what's your current state analysis? And it's like bread, it's a recipe, Simon. If you don't yeah. follow it, then you know what? I'm sorry, but <laughs> it's not gonna turn out, right? If you forget the flour, or if you do something incorrect, it just doesn't work, right? This, and clients come to me and say, it's not working. And then I'm saying, okay, let's take a step back, right? What's your vision? What's your strategy? What's your governance model, right? What basically is your operations? And we're, best of all, Simon, your organization and culture have to change, right? You have to understand and change that culture to say data is an asset, right? We understand it to be very secure and we take serious care of it.
0: So whose responsibility within the organization is it to do that, to ensure everyone understands that?
1: The the CISO. Or basically, it's it's the role of both the CISO and the chief data officer to make sure, right? It's a combined effort or a partnership. I take on both, right? It depends on your organization, but you have to do that. And it starts up from the bottom, not at the top, right? But... Everybody from the top, if they're not applicable to that vision, or they don't see that vision, or they don't align to it, then the people obviously reporting to them will not align to it. That's right? They're going to say, "You know what? My manager doesn't care." Do Practice as you preach. Asperger, yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, right now we're moving data, right? Like, like you said, I'm very busy, right? I'm architecting the solution. <laughs> we're moving data, and our chief security architect is saying, "Okay, Kareem." It's production data. Encryption, right? Why do you want five people to access this data? What are the roles of these five people? And can we have it to one or two, right? And how are we going to encrypt? But not only encrypt, if it's production data, how about masking, right? And making sure that at rest and in transit, the data is encrypted, all these different scenarios come into play, right? And I'm like, ah, I got a good person now as an architect who tells me, okay, you know, because I had the same thing. So now if we're both in line and if we both understand each other, it makes life a lot more easier, right? As compared to me coming in to an organization and they're saying, oh, we're stuck, we have a breach. I said, okay, can you help us? I said, sure. What's your security model? Oh, we don't have one, okay. (laughs) <laughs> what, what is your password? Superman123. Okay, there are issues like this, right? You, you yeah. can't do that. You should, you should At least from a regulatory perspective, you just should not do that, right? And, and it's not something that is a one-off, Simon. I see it consistently from organization to organization to organization, right? That security is not taken as serious as it should especially from a data perspective, right? And that's key. How, how do we change that? I'll tell you. Making sure that there are people who understand the value of data in your organization, both from a business and from a technical perspective, right? Blending that knowledge, because the thing is this. I can talk about keys, primary keys, foreign keys, referential integrity, circular relationships, till I turn blue, okay? But when the business does not understand what I'm saying, then it's like talking in French, Russian, Italian, whatever it is, it's just not gonna work. So ensuring that you articulate that vision to both IT and the business, because it's a partnership between the two, right? Understanding that there's a governance model There's a data owner, a data steward, because I've come to organizations and they said, we're not the owners. I said, hold on here. (laughs) I'm just helping you massage your data. I'm your partner. I'm your facilitator, okay? I don't care about your data or what it is, to be honest, right? I'm going to help you show what to do with that data and maximize its potential. You're the ones who know your data. Right? You know the fields, you know the business, you know the business rules behind it, you know the workflow. Now, I'm helping you to articulate that workflow in such a way to make sure it's compliance from a regulatory standpoint, as well as not handcuff you. Because that's key, right? Because Absolutely. the business will say, Simon, oh, you're going to come in, you're going to give us all these rules, and we can't do anything. Right? You're going to stop everything. Like business is going to stop. Again, it's, oh. it's
0: back to what you just said a moment ago about being able to understand what the business's objectives are yes. and what's important and what isn't.
1: Yes. And articulate it yourself in such a way that it's a partnership. Right. And that's what I do. And tell them that, you know what? We're both in it to accelerate your journey, not to stop it and not to decelerate it. Right. And if, like, if, your data governance strategy is not an accelerant. It's like putting gasoline. That's how I describe it. If, if it's not an accelerant, you're doing it the completely wrong way. All right? it's, it should be an accelerant. It should help you with your organization, not like stop you in your tracks and, you know, oh, gosh, this guy is going to come in or this person's going to come in and do nothing. Right. So from that perspective, what I do is go in, look at your architecture, right? Ensure that there's a PIA to be done, a TRA to be done, and ensuring the fact that this is what you can do to help things in your journey for having data as an
0: asset. That's a very good point. We've got um, got a question coming, actually, from Yuri. Oh, cool. Tell me. Yuri, I hope you're doing well, my friend. I'm um, Good to see you in the chat as always. Breach and attack simulation tools that you'd recommend. And we're looking for a product. So if we can only come up with ones where we're going to get a referral commission on any. <laughs> That's what I
1: was going to say, right? <laughs> huh? That's exactly what I was going to say. See, I don't. I deal with data, right? So from my perspective, I look at data and ensure the fact that that data cannot be breached, right? Ensure the fact that it's encrypted in such a way that even if it is, it's garbage, right? Yeah. But in, a se- in essence, look at the question you just got right now. This is cool. So I hate life, but the, some parts of it is really good. Look at Renee's question. How do you get developers to take security serious as part of your process?
0: Thanks, Renee. Great That's
1: question. phenomenal, right? Because what happens is you go into an organization and all, it's just nonsense, right? It's utter code. You have five versions of a a data field. Really, right? The name is copied five times. Why? Because the developer doesn't have access to their architecture. That's first and foremost. I will never blame the developer, right? I've seen it time and time again, Simon, that they have limited tools and they're not able to see what is around them. If you have a current architecture and show them, okay, this is what I need because they're not out to get you. They're out to maximize the you know, their code, yeah. right? So being helping them, making sure that they're part of the agile process, making sure that they have access to the tools that are required, accelerates it substantially. And you got a buy-in from the developer then. And he or she does not feel like a developer. They feel like an active participant in this whole process, right? To say, okay, you know what? We want your input because you just developed something else last week and you will know the upstream downstream effects of this current change that is in the backlog, right? And then showing them the architecture and saying, you need to capture it from here, this column, not from here. And they're like, why? I've always done it from here. I said, no, your golden source of record is there, right? And they're like, how did you know? I said, well, it's called data architecture, right? View (laughs) it, making sure it's proper. But at the same time, don't have access to it right it's a lost art unfortunately right a lot of companies will say you know we don't need an architecture you don't need your studio power designer whatever the case may be right and understanding the fact that that's the case
0: what about um you see more and more firms outsourcing their development work you know not not just outsourcing but outsourcing to different countries as well i mean that in itself brings its own challenges with security, surely, because I don't see how you can embed those values and educate no. those people.
1: And and also another thing is exactly what you said, Simon, you hit it right on the head. How do you embed the values that you have in your organization
0: to someone else's right?
1: to somebody yeah. else, right? You can't. No. 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 Because I bring with myself a passion on data. Right? I make sure the team that I bring in to a customer has that passion and can deliver that vision because that's what the that's what the customer wants right yeah in the same way you know there are organizations that show you the a team and going to develop the, the deliver on the c team no no because you're not going to get that value then right no with the current place i'm in right now they really honestly take data seriously that's the best part right I, I tell my... that's the biggest uh, battle, isn't it? Exactly, right? Yeah. And the thing is this, it feels honestly, I always tell my colleagues that I feel like I'm on a vacation and I'm getting paid for it because of the amount of fun I'm having. Right? Because it's a challenging, you know, sphere where I'm in, right? Migration, nobody wants to touch. Data no. governance, nobody wants to even think about. Right? But if your organization values that, Oh, you've hit a home run, man!
0: It's it's right. exciting. Let's we've got another oh, question it's... here from Stefano. Look, here we of go. Of course, that one up, Stefano. So, do you think that the inc- increase in cybercrime is because business companies etc. don't take it seriously, yes. or are, ah, there we go, or are there other factors? I think that's the well. Big
1: one. No, because honestly, look at Simon. Imagine one thing, okay? Twenty-five years ago, the crime was still there, like it is now. It'll right? always be that. Exactly. When have you ever heard the mainframe being br- broken into or being cracked or being breached? Never. No. Right? Because companies put in a lot of effort into processes, governance, and standards. Yeah. Right? Now, they've said, okay, we're going to do Agile and we're going to say, forget that. And I go in and say, okay, Agile, it's a process within your Agile process, Right? Security is key, right? Now it's not DevOps, it's DevSecOps, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Security is from the beginning all the way to the end.
0: I think, from a right? job role point of view, if you go from DevOps and put a sec in the middle, you get an extra 100 grand a year as well.
1: Exactly, right? You're like, oh, my resume looks good, right? That's what I have in my resume. DevSecOps. And people are like, oh, this is good. He knows what he's talking about. I'm like, I just like the word, right? It's a cool word. It but is. at the same time, you have to incorporate security into your process, right? Because how is the developer, Simon, going to know what to do, right? What input do they have, right?
0: Absolutely. Sorry, I was trying to read something else and Me speak too. to and you. Then. <laughs>
1: I I, mean, you both caught this one, right?
0: (laughs) i you read it. I think businesses taking security less seriously isn't the root of the problem. I think that in most organizations, security leadership have done a poor job in explaining the value of security. That's a good point.
1: It's a very good point. Very, very, very great point, right? In that businesses don't know the value of security, don't know the value of data that they have, and don't realize the impact of that data if it gets reached
0: yeah right i think i think like you you said earlier it's it's the companies that do understand and do value the data seems to be the ones taking it seriously and also back to your first point which was around the opportunities of having decent data and the opportunities that brings not just in financial services for home loans or you know vehicle loans but for everything in life
1: exactly right also The fact that how do you understand what that value of data is from a monetary perspective, right? Putting security on top, but ensuring, again, like you don't handcuff organizations or the business, right? Because they want to, you know, make money. Yeah. Right? And look at what NAC said, right? In terms of how do you go about measuring the security of any security program, especially when security is generally measured against the negative, right? Which is true. What I say is when you look at a program and when they incorporate security into that program and how successful that program is, is the measure of the success, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: understanding that, you know what? It's not a hindrance.
0: It's an enabler, isn't it? It's a business enabler. I think think more more companies are getting to see that now. I mean, it, it again depends what industry you're in, who you're dealing with. I mean, if you're dealing with any federal suppliers in the U.S. or you're dealing with government contracts in the U.K., it's super important. You know, it it becomes, you have to have check or crest. You have to have these things to even think about getting in the door. And it would be nice if uh, that spread out a bit wider to different industries, wouldn't it?
1: Exactly. And understanding one thing, Simon, if you're an industry, if you're a company or an organization that basically take security as a granted, right? Breachers or hackers will figure it out, right? And yeah. it's a small community it's a community that will talk to each other and say, you know what? Let's target organization A because we all know, right? Their IPs are public on the net. You do a DDoS, a KVAC, whatever it is you can do, right? Go in for a SQL inject and you get all the data, right? Instead, you go in to say, you know what? Nobody can get into our system try and good luck, right? And that's what I tell organizations. I look. I tell them, what is your current repository of your applications? Do you even know what you have, right? What is end of life? What is end of support?
0: Let's Very fix true. these
1: small, small, small issues. You'll have the biggest impact from a risk perspective, right? Do
0: you know, I don't know how many CISOs have said to me over the last three three months that if you get the basics right, you've nailed yeah. You've nailed 95% of the problems in the organization. Unfortunately, and I won't moan about vendors too much, because as I mentioned at the start of the show, I am looking for a new sponsor. However, silver bullet solutions and marketing in the industry hasn't helped with that, I think. no, And that seamlessly, seamlessly leads me on to a comment in the chat from someone I know very well, who is Robert Rhodes, who's the sales director at ThreatGen over in the U.S., And and Robert says cybersecurity is so complex and has such a large number of points to secure. Most people inside and outside of the industry really don't know or understand what a cyber program consists of. And I think you're right, inside and out, definitely. And just to give you a, a bit more about Robert and ThreatGen, ThreatGen are a gamified learning platform that I absolutely love. And it goes back to probably 30 minutes of the last 33 of what we've been talking about. Whilst it's been about data governance and risk. It's about people, right? It's people process technology, but it's the people bit that is the link in everything you've said, in my opinion. You know, whether speaking to the C suite, whether speaking to the developer team, speaking to the architects, it's all about that, isn't it? And it's about building trust and relationships with those people. I'm losing my voice. Look, too much talking. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're
1: right, right? It's so true because you got organizations, you got vendors who say, okay, I have a product and it's going to take six months to implement. It's so cool. And I'm yeah. like, bud, six months to implement a product. It's so cool. It's going to do ML, AI, blah, blah, blah. No, right. You're going to pull off or you're going to under. you <laughs> know, like six months, right? Like, what are you, what is your thought process by thinking that I'm going to say yes to something like, that? right? You're not going to get it's, that it's got ai products. in it you said yeah why wouldn't you why yeah. wouldn't you say yes <laughs> that's what they it's, we have ml and i'm yeah. like okay do you know what that is do you know how you get it it's not like an excel report that you know you go on excel right click create chart and it's going to create a chart for you
0: yeah it's not like right? that no right. i mean it, it goes back i mean look we've got cax jumped in again with another seamless comment to keep us on that vein, saying we need to move away from using fear to explain the value of security. We can't continue to just scare business into taking it seriously. And do you know what? I also think you can relate this to the education process within the teams, within organizations as well, because it's very stick approach with a lot of the yeah. training and the awareness training no. out there at the moment, where perhaps a different approach, a more collaborative approach perhaps would work better. What do you think?
1: That's what I do. Right? My current uh, client right now, Simon, it's a complete collaborative effort. We're a family. We go in as a partner. We're both a partner in this data, right? And how to make a data platform. Educating the client to say, okay, this is how you need to treat your data. And they're like, okay, perfect. then I tell them, okay, let's do a current state of that data. Then they realize, oh gosh, in our comments field, we have this, 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 this. I said okay we have two approaches either we delete them from the source or we encrypt that field what is your preference right and they're like oh thanks for letting us know this is what we need to do but so at the same time like you said educating them right because once you treat a person how to fish then they're off to fish right absolutely i can go on to better bigger things
0: it's a great because... analogy that one i love that analogy.
1: <laughs> but it's true and it happens so often right it, within my career span that i say okay This is your data standards. Oh, these are good standards. I'm like, okay, let's take a step back, okay? When I move data into a platform, C underscore N, I don't know what that is. Is that contract number or what it is, right? And that happened a couple of days ago. We're moving data into a platform, into an enterprise data platform. And they're like, okay, can you tell us what C underscore N is? I said, okay, bread recipe. Let's start off with the first basics. Profile your data and
0: just forget the yeast.
1: (laughs) Yes, you forgot something, right? So, what is C underscore N? And I said, okay, let's profile it. In it, we had Toronto, Des Moines, New York City, Los Angeles, C underscore N, city name. Of course. So, I said, okay, now we're going to call that field city name. Can you just do that? I said, yeah, that's what I intend on doing. Every single column in a platform Spell to it be business centric
0: yes absolutely completely well it's like having a disaster recovery plan that you can't read or understand or know where you've put thank you
1: it? right and leveraging then a bi tool whatever it is tableau yeah. power bi whatever it is you know your heart contends cognos if i'm going to age myself considerably
0: now right. but, but the first thing is i knew what you were talking about i just pretended i didn't
1: i'm telling you right <laughs> Now they're able to have that self-service approach, right? To say, okay, we can access this data, which we know is our data, right? We've controlled the access to it, right? And I've showed them how to do that. Now I can take a step back and say, okay, next system, let's, you know, this is running on autopilot. Let's go on to the next system, which is cool then. And it's so satisfying, right? Simon, that you say, okay, you know, you don't have to worry anymore the data secure big bang and it's already in workday or whatever the case may be from a target standpoint
0: this this leads me on nicely to a story i got told a little while it's a bit like a fisherman analogy but not and it's about what you said about being clear on what the underlying goals are whether that's from a business perspective a security perspective or how that security or how that relates to the security from the business goal as it were and i you know i've shared my life story with you i spent Many, many years chasing my idea of success at the time, which was flash cars, boats and flashy watches and money. And I've got I got told a really good story and I'll share it with you. It's about um, I've been, been there for my honeymoon. Bali actually went to a couple of places, Seminyak and uh, Hanging Gardens of Ubud up north. And it's an amazing place But these two. I'll, I'll use American tourists because that's how I got told the story. They go to this lovely little restaurant by the beach and they're eating this amazing fish it's just beautiful it's the freshest fish i've ever had and and as they're eating it the fisherman comes in and he's wheeling his cart you know back and forth third time he comes back past the table the bloke calls him over he goes hey mate come over here come over here he said this fish is amazing he said where do you get it he said i go out and catch it every day he said i'm telling you now he said this is the best fish i've ever had he said have you ever thought about you know opening your own restaurants and the fisherman said, he said, well, no, not, not really. He said, well, look, you, you, once you've opened your own restaurants, he said, you could then afford to buy a fleet of boats, he said, which would get even more of this fish. He said, you could then become a wholesaler and an exporter and an importer of the fish all over the world. And what would that mean? Well, you'd have millions. You know, you'd have all these things. He said, okay. He said, then what? He said, well, once you've done that, he said, you could probably sell it all off at some point. He said, and then, and then you can move to a beach, retire, and just go fishing every day. <laughs> I just thought, yeah, that really resonated with me because it's losing sight of the goal, isn't it? Yeah. And I think we see that. I know it's a tedious link to security, but there is a lot of that with the noise in the industry that we see that takes away from the fact that security is there to facilitate the business.
1: Yes, right? And it's not a deterrent in any way, shape or form. I 100% agree, right? Once you have that commonality with Your executive management, it's very, very simple after that. Yeah. Right? But to get to that point is sometimes a big challenge.
0: Very much so. You have to tell a better story than I did. (laughs) (laughs) So talk to me about your biggest successes over the last few years, if you can, that is, without disclosing anything.
1: I'll tell you. Super easy.
0: You're reading. You're reading Cax's comment, aren't you?
1: Tira is after. Yeah, I was. <laughs> you know what? I have to link up with him. I want. Oh, let you me know, let me do this great.
0: actually. So let me bring. I'll leave you to talk while I multitask here. I'm just going to bring <laughs> LinkedIn up, and if it's okay, I'm going to share your LinkedIn profile. Oh, Kareem. most definitely. All right? Oh, please do. Thank you. That would much. be a pleasure. Because I know we have a real broad mix of people watching, from CISOs down to those trying to break in, and. It's always nice to be able to offer people connections. So I'll drop yes. this one in here. This is Karim's. Awesome. So- and, and, oh, hey, Will. I didn't know it was you. Will, nice to see you. That's no wonder there's such you. smart questions and comments. It all makes sense now, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> oh, and,
0: and as you said, Will, rather than call you CAC, um, data is often the forgotten asset. In today's age, it is the lifeblood of most organizations, but it's often thought about only in a regulatory lens rather than a critical asset. That is a very, very insightful and good comment, I would argue, Kareem. Yes. Now, the biggest success story,
1: I would say confidently.
0: Although Aaron said damn CISOs. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron's having a hard time with his boss today. (laughs)
1: Yeah. What I've done is we went to a client site and it was a consult when I was in my consulting times, right? Which I'm still am, right? But with a full-time organization, it was one client I had a few years back where they were having numerous challenging challenges, moving their data. Right. So I'm like, okay, let's take a step back. Right. This is, it's not going to be possible. We've tried everything. We have different sources. And we just can't do it. I said, how are you approaching things? And I they said, okay, we're coding this. We're moving this. And I said, okay, take a step back. I told them, Simon, now I'm in Canada, right? So we have a telecom company, right? So when I want a phone, right, I go to a telephone company and say, I want a phone. Here's my data yeah. plan. Okay. So I told them, you're actually coding this thing to move data across. Yeah, yeah, that's what our developers have told us. Architects have said, we need to code to move the data. I said, but you're a healthcare company. How are you? Why are you coding a tool to move data when you're a healthcare company? Wouldn't you be better off putting your money and your resources to your own business? Yeah, but this is what our developers told us. It's a lot easier if we go into Python and R and move the data, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start building my own telecommunications company because today I want to buy a phone, right? It's, so I said, hold on now, right? But at the same time, right? Unfortunately, I wasn't that direct, right? I have like, I am very direct, as you know,
0: yeah, and very I like transparent, it
1: so and it sometimes puts me in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble, No, that's
0: right? That Yeah.
1: So it's frustrating to see. So I said, okay. I've used a special tool. I know, like you know, growing up, right? From a developer, you have certain things that you love and you graduate gravitate towards. So I unfortunately gravitate towards certain specific tools. Of course. I said, have you used this specific tool? And they said no. I said, okay. You have a you have a team of thirty people. How long have you done this for? One year. I said, what's what's your success rate? It's challenging. We're still continuing the process. I have four people. Give me two weeks. I'll be able to move your data. And they said, Are you sure? I said, Yeah. I'll I'll do a subset, right? I won't do all 50 because that's production.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: (laughs) 40 50 subsets. Out of the 50, I'll choose three and the most three difficult, right? And they're like, No. I said, Okay, hold on. Let me try and see what happens. Worst comes to worst, you've lost two weeks. Big deal. Okay. Simon, in a week and a half, we did it. Right. And like I said, it's a recipe, but you have to make sure that you do it diligently. Right. You can't just take a lift and shift approach because.
0: And it's not, and it's to- knowing, use the analogy, it's knowing what ingredients to have in that mix. Yes. Right, And you have
1: a target system like Workday, which is completely different than a relational system, like let's say SQL, Azure or SQL. So understanding what the nuances are, understanding what your current state is, and making sure that you tell the client, I take your data very serious. You have these columns that have a lot of PII information. And because you're a multinational organization, which I will answer the other question. I saw right? that. To say, if you're a multinational organization, I've taken into laws, into consideration, because you have these customers within these organizations. An example is Canada, is that when you want to store data in Canada, your host country, like where you're storing it, your data center has to be in Canada. Hence now, as of two years ago, Azure has a data center in Canada. Two years ago only, right? Before then, banks will never touch Azure or even GCP or even AWS, like you have to have a data. So making sure you understand the nuances of each country, right? And making sure even if you have a central data warehouse, the biggest part will be to connect data from different countries, right? Yeah. So you have to be cognizant of what you're connecting and how you're connecting it together. Right, taking laws into consideration, you don't want to do anything. Nasty, so, right? going back
0: to Yuri's question, then, um, would it be law and regulation driven from the top? Then, is that where you'd start before you exactly,
1: look- but also from a current state analysis, right? To say what countries are you dealing with, yeah, because each country is different, right? GDPR and you got European laws, you've got Canadian laws, you've got the Patriot Act in the U.S. that says if any data goes into the U.S., any data, okay? Yeah. You are allowed, the government is allowed to touch that data, right? Exactly what Will said, right? It is yeah. extremely uh, to, uh, important to understand because from a Canadian standpoint, companies in Canada will never put their data in the U.S.
0: No. Because, but, the but, then, uh, but then it's also moving away from big companies and data migration as end users. Yeah, how do we know if we've gone through the US? You know, it's, it's impossible, isn't it, from a personal data point of view? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, well, oh, yeah. right. But ensuring that when you're dealing with an organization, they have those considerations in mind, right? And that's where a good CISO comes in, right? To make sure from the top understanding what the organization is and they can bring that experience to that organization. Right. Because a good example is Simon, I was reading your LinkedIn yesterday. One of your connections. At least someone does. Well, I will. I was, I was reading your posts. Okay. And it was, it was funny. Right. In that one, there was a post from a CISO and he said that I just came across a job posting and it said, the person that applies to this role needs to know C, Java, VB.
0: Was it a CISO role as well? c
1: Shop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and he made a mockery out of it, right? Yeah. Because with CISO I would know this. Then you got other people chiming in and saying, like, my point of view or my minimal, yeah. like my I have experience as a developer, right? So I know these things. I it's like riding a bike, Simon. You'll never forget it, right? No. But at the same time, you're cognizant of all the decisions you make because you know these things beforehand. Right?
0: Absolutely. So, from
1: that perspective, then that's applicable, that job description. But if the job description is like, you know, you're a CISO and you still have to code, I'm like, I don't think so, man. I I had a. a, Resources
0: are wasted. I had a really good conversation. I won't mention who it was with, but another CISO is coming on the show soon, about half an hour before we jumped on, actually. And we were talking about the ever-changing or the changing role of the CISO, along with the fact that the the industry itself is in its infancy still, and we've got 3,500 products, which all do about 10 different things. It's like, you know, in such a state of flux and growth, the industry at the moment. However, as things move forward, this CISO's opinion was that maybe CISOs won't be around in 10 years because of that transition there's been this huge focus on needing people like yourself security leaders to come in and build all this out he seems to think that it'll change in a few years time to become more of an integrated role within the organization as regulation and companies you deal with third parties become obligated and regulated to provide certain aspects of it i'm not sure whether i think that's going to happen but it's definitely an interesting talking point isn't it
1: yeah it is right understand it, but I've come to the realization that a valuable organization will basically look at what you have and the experience you can bring to it, right, and then develop upon it, right, and say, okay, we need this person because of the the experience or the amount of technical and business acumen they can bring, right? That's key. And coming back to Will's point, it just brought me to a very, very key uh, thing that happened to me about six months ago. A graduate student came to me and said, you know, Kareem, we're like, Kano's is one of the biggest premier partners for Workday. Yeah. Okay. So a Workday graduate student came and said, okay, Kareem, can I look at what you guys do and can you mentor me? And I said, yeah, no problem. Right. And coming back to Will's point, what I do is I've instilled in her security issues that come into first and foremost into her mind whenever she's doing a project. Once you start doing that at such a relatively starting off going yes, into the habit, industry habit or low age, yes, yeah. now she's coming to me and said, oh, has the person done a scan of their database? I'm like, woohoo, that's the first thing I would <laughs> say, right? you know you're learning kind of thing because that's that's the last thing you'd get from a developer
0: oh absolutely when they're looking
1: yeah. at a data field right they're just gonna you know develop this thing do the business requirements like do the they'll 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 rely on other people to do it whereas she's coming in from a business standpoint currently with data and said okay what is the metadata of this you shouldn't they have any said, yeah man Go back to the client and say, what is your metadata? If not, then you get the metadata for them, put it into that s- system. And it's like, oh, yeah, because I can't understand the data without it. I said, thank you. right? You can't be guessing anything. No. In this DNA, you should not be, right? So distilling that and ensuring the fact, even at a CISO level, to ensure that you talk to everybody within the organization, no matter what level it is, right? to put security as foremost in their mind whenever they approach a problem, right? Or develop a solution, right? And for
0: that's, me, people. That's, that's, the, that's the big ask, isn't it? That's what we need to do as an industry, yeah. the education piece. And we've, oh, got, we've got five minutes left and I want to go back to something we talked about, actually, the first time we ever chatted. And it's stuck, my, it's stuck in my mind. And I'll tell you why it's stuck in my mind. So you know my background. I've worked for myself for like, three decades no two decades pretty much three nearly on and off with a couple of employed roles i find the thought of working for one company quite difficult because i'm not used to that but i think a lot of that is down to maybe not finding the right culture now your background you're a consultant working for yourself for a long time
1: and incredibly then incredibly
0: long and then what happened so do you mind sharing that because oh, i think it's oh, that really is relevant so funny yes so 25 years of working as a
1: consultant, okay? And a recruiter came to me and said, would you consider joining our company? I said, no, system integrator, that's the last thing I would do, right? I've worked for Deloitte as a consultant, as an external consultant. I've worked for IBM, i worked for Vipro, Substack, Accenture, CGI. I've worked many companies, right? And it's just that the culture does not resonate with what I can do, right? And I've chosen the other sign to say, okay, once I'm done, I'm done, right? Or from that, uh, from that contract yeah, or that engagement. So now this person says, no, we are a different company. I said, how so? First of all, we we'll really value your input from an employee perspective. I'm like, I'm not sure because I'm from-
0: I haven't heard this before.
1: Yes, thank you, right? <laughs> No way, right? It's just not gonna happen. He said, just can you just talk to us? I said, sure, you're gonna have to break my hands and feet. I'll just tell you right now. again, a very direct, right? Yeah this, this company is and I said, you I have to have fun. right And for me like fun is defined in very different ways, right? Like That's I have right. a lot of stress, but it's fun stress to me. Yeah, right. And so I have all these criteria in my mind and then she says, just talk to us. So, I talked to the VP, the leader, a number of executives, and it all came down to one thing their value for their customer, but before that, the value to the employees. Yeah. Right. And that is huge for me. And the fact that this organization, they just don't say data governance, they actually stand by it. Right. And they encourage me, which is very, unusual to speak to other organizations about data governance right and to accelerate your performance and i said ha this is a once in a lifetime opportunity i could not say no to it right hence Uh, and how long have you been how long have you been there now you know what believe it or not a year and three months right and people had said because as a consultant you're always a consultant you never hire a consultant because they'll leave the next second they have, find another opportunity, right? Which is 99% of the time, I'm the 1%. Because I am having the time of my life and I don't think it's going to end. I don't yeah, honestly, you're definitely it's the smiliest, like this-
0: You're the smiliest, happiest CISO I've spoken to for a long time. <laughs> Thank really you. Know something's right, isn't it?
1: That's what I mean, right? Now, now you understand where my passion comes from. I'm up, I get very upset, I get annoyed. By an organization if they don't listen to me right or they don't take things serious because i deal with very very sensitive data prior to this current company yeah. right i dealt with healthcare data you know assault victim data it's the, because i have secret to clearance right yeah. and so they had to move it to point a to point b and it's unnerving simon when you see like just the security not being taken serious, and I'm like, "Bud, how can you do? You can't be putting data like that in the access database." Like I had to; it took me a week, believe it or not, Simon. Honestly, just as a side note, to recuperate from that, like I had to go to therapy and talk to my wife, man, and say, "You know what? I don't know what's happened. Like I just came across this stuff. Happened to be browsing as you know, as a consultant." I had access to a drive. Oh, I have access to a drive today accidentally, right? Because they ran some script. I'm like, what's in that drive? Double click a dbt file. Suddenly I see all this data. I'm like, do you guys know you have this data? Yeah, yeah, we know. No, it's not supposed to be in access, you know? Like you should not have it in it. Like there's a full stop to that, <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> because anybody can double click it, right? Like yeah. you know, no, it's password protected. I said, no, you. There's a lot of industry-wide tools that are trialware. You download, and it's full access, and it'll take away that password in like seconds. You just have to press a button called Remove Password. Oh. It's not a hacking tool or anything. It's called Remove Password. <laughs> you press it, a, no, a button opens up and says, "Where which DBT file do you know?" You point to it, and it says five
0: seconds. Password removed. I hope there's no nefarious yeah. characters watching this. <laughs> I'm conscious we've got um we've got about four minutes left, and there's a couple of points um in the chat I want to just bring in. Robert, th- thanks for tuning in and watching this. Just going back to the comment about the future role of the CISO. He thinks risk officers will always be in the C-suite, but a CRO may subsume an independent CISO. It's a good point, like that. And the last one is from Yuri, my friend Yuri. When your employees are on a vacation, there's any kind of data leak prevention strategy because when they stay in hotels or restaurants, their data can be sniffed by hackers. That's a good point as well. Yeah. Don't go on holiday.
1: (laughs) No, they don't access production data on that holiday. Why would they go on? Why would they access any data on a holiday? On vacation, right? For us, like the company I'm with has a strict, strict policy.
0: So just no access. When you're on
1: vacation, you're on vacation. Right? Yeah. And that's the first time that's happened, by the way. Okay, Simon? I was in Mexico, and my wife said, you're not taking your cell phone like work when or you have your home. You're turning it off. No, no, hon, I need to do this. My VP emailed me and said, bud, you're turning off. And I said, no, no, you can... You know, it's because you've worked for yourself.
0: You've worked for yourself for all those years, Kareem. It's just unnatural to do that. right? Funny you should say that. We went on holiday for the first time in five or six years this year. We went to Corfu for a week. And I did turn mine off, and I didn't work for a week. And I got more stressed out with my children than I did work. (laughs) No, for me, it's
1: the opposite. That's another another story. But there's one one
0: more um, question in here that I want to bring up because... I'm keen to move into consulting, but I'm staying clear of the Big Four. Wise move, as I don't think I will get the room to breathe and grow at my pace. Any advice for someone making that transition into consulting? Great question, Will. Thank
1: you. Oh yeah, you know what? Uh,
0: you Are need to companies... you need to have a chat with Will because he's yes. a really he's a Reach really nice guy. Me. Yeah, I'll Reach connect out you out up. Me, after. Will, at the yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not it's I can put you in touch or whatever. The, I can Thank give you pointers because yeah, I was in the industry for twenty five years right? 25 consistently, but it's because of data, right? No, you know, companies in and out will contact you once you do it right the first time.
0: Absolutely. Sorry, I'm doing two things at once. Look. No, no, no.
1: no. What a pleasure of a chat it's been, Simon. It's, it's like, I, I knew it was going to be a good one. With Absolutely you today,
0: lovely. You know that? Every, every time we've had a conversation, I've ended up coming off the call with a big, bright smile on my face. No, it, it, but I've never
1: done a live. Right? That's what. Have you not? You not done No, I don't do no. it. That's no. one of my principles. I will not <laughs> do a live. I'm telling you, I will. I was like, and you convinced me. I was like, you know what? This is going to end in disaster. I can
0: see. it's not, it's happened. not. I don't think you've um shot yourself in the foot or lost your oh, contract I yet. Not, <laughs> I hope not, right? But,
1: well, but I think yeah, you know, I it's know. been a
0: generic, it's been a generic chat, hasn't it? Um I'm I'm gonna have to wind things up and I'll tell you why. I'm two minutes away from I've actually got another meeting in two minutes, really bad time management. We can talk about time management next time you come on because I need some pointers <laughs> on that. But I've got another CISO coming in for a chat about being a guest in the future. So I don't want to keep them waiting because I know you guys are super, super busy. But Karim, this has been absolutely amazing. Really, really loved it. I want to stay in touch as well. We'll have to catch up again after the show. But for those who haven't seen it in the chat earlier, and I'll drop it in again. This is, he says, Delaying Tactics. Hold on. This is the link to Karim on linkedin awesome so please do reach out and for anyone who hasn't got mine i'll just bung mine in there as well Hold on any final thoughts before we wrap up kareem
1: oh you know what i have to say one thing simon please you know it's been such a pleasure chatting with you thank you and this will continue you know what sometimes it's a blessing in disguise i'm telling you you're gonna get a lot of recognition a lot
0: well, do you know it's what? Been,
1: you deserve it, okay? Because you bringing lot. something out that is very important and that
0: needs to be brought out. Kareem, thank you thank so much. Everyone who's been in the chat and engaged, again, thank you so much for making it such an interesting show. I think, actually, we've had more people in the chat. It's been steadily going up each one. But, Kareem, you're obviously a bit of a superstar. You've brought a few people <coughs> extra in with you. But, everyone... Thank you so much. I'm going to have a slurp of my coffee. Get on to the next meeting. Kareem, you've been an absolute gentleman. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: See you. (laughs) Thank you.